0: Hey there! Welcome to GHC's Leadership Series. This is Samantha. Today we have a guest, Professor Allison Hadaway. She's an Assistant Professor of Communication and Journalism. She's a faculty advisor for the award-winning Six Mile Post student-produced news organization. She's in her third year full-time here at Georgia Highlands College, Worst on the Rome campus, and let's give her a welcome. Welcome to Saddley. Hi, good morning. Hey, how are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Good. Uh, we are gathered here today to talk about team building. I thought when I uh, was creating this podcast that I thought team building for you would be the perfect um, segue into this episode or uh, into, into the series let me just start with a little bit of background information, okay? okay? How did you make your way into the role of the faculty advisor of the Six Mom Post? Oh, uh, it, it, there's kind of an expression in our world of advising, and that's the expression that we were voluntold. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> and, know that word. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, I'm I'm joking, of course, but Honestly, going way back, I've been involved in student media and publications on the student side of things since I was in middle school and high school and college with yearbooks and newspapers as the editor of my high school literary magazine, my college literary magazine. Um, So as a student, I I kind of was brought up in that world um, and always found it really interesting. And then when it came time to apply for a job uh, straight out of graduate school, teaching out at shorter college they had an opening for actually somebody who was they were looking for somebody to advise radio and although I was more of a print girl um I'm a pretty quick learner and so I was hired on really to do that in yearbook, and um and then after some transition in the department I found myself volunteering uh to take over the newspaper and then um so I've done a little bit of everything, I guess. But awesome. yeah, I've been on the student side. i has been on the faculty side. So I think that helps to have been on in the sides of it. Well. For sure, I, I believe so. I'm not. I'm not very fluent in journalism. I'm learning my ropes while I'm doing this podcast, mm-hmm. and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So if you started, if you were, um, you know, interested in your book and you know newspapers and all that stuff um, in middle school, what what start what sparked your interest when you were young? Well, I liked to write. Honestly, um, that was always I was always pretty good with words, and writing was a strength of mine. And so I joined and wanted to find out more about journalism because I felt like that would be a good outlet for writing. And I liked the aspect. I'm, I'm personally I'm an introvert, but I do like to work with other people because right. I love to work on projects mm-hmm. and be able to walk away with something kind of tangible that you can hold in your hands and say, I wrote that, I edited that, I designed that. And this is something that, you know, we built together as a team, though. Right, so right. it was a good balance for this thing. That's awesome. Um, what, let's talk about school. Okay. Um, what kind of degrees do you have? Where did you go? Uh, what did you study to get to where you're at? I actually have my undergraduate degree, my bachelor's from Barry College. And I was a journalism major there. And then I went on and did my master's degree at Auburn University. Oh, cool. Yeah, and I um, wasn't specifically journalism focused there. I was more mass media oriented at Auburn. And um, so that's where I did my collegiate work. I think that's so cool. I um, never knew when I was young what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I'm a non-traditional student. Um, and here I am. I'm graduating with honors in May of 2022. And I'm still not 100% sure what I want to do. I know what kind of degrees I have and I know what I can do with them. I'm just trying to figure out what I want to do with them. Well, I think that's very normal. I mean, even when I went into school at Barry, I didn't start as a journalism major. I actually started as an English major. And um, because I really enjoyed writing, so I just went in through English. And of course, I had more of a background with literary magazine, editing and things like that. So I thought, well, the creative aspect really appealed to me. Uh, But then I did take courses in journalism because I actually had an English major and a journalism minor Mm -hmm. and really ended up just being drawn to journalism so much more because um, although I love the creative aspect of writing, I also like journalism structure. Right. And the fact that there are a little bit more, there's a little bit more of a format, I guess, when you're Mm -hmm. talking about inverted pyramid style and, and methods of writing and delivering to certain audiences. And so I just found myself being more comfortable there than with English. So uh, I kind of flipped it around, I guess you'd say. Mm -hmm. My sophomore year, I declared a journalism major and went from there. Right. Well, I I think that's totally cool. I I found out the other day, I was having a conversation with my advisor, that I'm, although graduating with a bachelor's in May of 2022, I am two classes short of having another associate in psychology. Oh, wow. So if I decide to go ahead and throw those two classes into the mix, then I can graduate in May with a second associate, which is my psychology associate, and then also in the health science, right. um, bachelor's in health science. And so then it started getting my wheels turning, like, okay, I could do other stuff. Let's figure it out. And so the, it's just getting, the, the options are getting more and more and the decisions are getting tougher and tougher absolutely sure. well and ultimately employers want to see that you have a lot of uh, tools in your toolbox when you come to them right. and that you're you know can be cross trained and that your skills can cross apply so yeah. that's exciting for me i know i'm excited um, so let's talk about team building okay. what give us give us a, your definition of a, or a, for a layperson what team building actually is well i think it's the way that you interact daily with the people that um, you are working with or, or among or who are underneath you if you're a supervisor or a leader. I don't mean underneath, you know, in a negative way, but okay. just simply who report to you. Right. So it's the, the daily interactions, the activities, any kind of exercises that you are doing as a leader to organize these people into a collaborative, cohesive group. Right. Um, so I think it looks different for different leaders, but ultimately, you know, it's just what you're doing on the day-to-day level to try to help people connect and collaborate. Right. So, I I have some experience in that, um, even as a student, I've kind of become a leader. I've been kind of volunteered into a leadership position, if you will. Mm -hmm. And so, I I can, I know that there are just several different levels of leadership, um, all the way from who I report to, and she reports to somebody else, and she reports to, say he or she reports to somebody else. So, Um, What do you think that the significance of team building from a leader's point of view is? Well, you know, there's an expression out there. Um, Some people attribute it to Roosevelt. Uh, Other people know it because a famous motivational speaker named Zig Ziglar uses it a lot. And it's the expression that people don't know how much you don't care how much you know until they know how much you. So there's this famous expression that you may have heard before. Some people attribute it to Theodore Roosevelt, other people attribute it to a motivational speaker named Zig Ziglar. And it's the the idea that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so for me, I think that team building should be a significant thing and that any leader spends time trying to do because ultimately when people feel understood and they feel respected, And included they're happier and they're less anxious and there's more clarity about what's expected of them Mm -hmm. and so when you have people who are happier and less anxious then that translates into their work ethic Mm -hmm. and that translates into this overall climate of productivity and positivity Mm -hmm. Uh, so that also leads to less turnover Mm -hmm. and higher retention rates so from a leader's point of view I think that's pretty significant right for sure that's very significant and I I think that I've experienced some things like exactly what you're talking about first that's that uh, famous quote that you just said and I don't have it in front of me so I will not repeat it um, because I do not want to botch it because I am a Theodore Roosevelt fan um, and I do attribute it to Theodore Roosevelt and he is the I had to do a prominent leader paper in this class that I'm doing this honors project for and I chose Theodore Roosevelt oh. so pretty awesome that you chose that to say but I think that he was a very powerful leader and I kind of um listening to him say those words have felt myself kind of grow into that word like or or into that phrase um they don't they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care exactly I get it it. (laughs) (laughs) um but that's I think that's very true um when I first started here at GHC um, I didn't know anybody I didn't come here with friends I just basically I, I really honestly I came here on a whim mm-hmm. I came here to see if I had credits that would transfer from the 90s and the next thing I knew six months later I was in class mm-hmm. and here I am you know two years later I'm about to graduate with bachelor's with honors I'm uh they're gonna do a student spotlight on me like I'm it's Amazing. all just like it was just happening and and, you know, it didn't really happen to me until I joined the honors program. And I turned in those first couple of pro- those projects. And then, you know, people start paying attention sure. and they're like, oh, you're Samantha. You're the one who did the blog or, you know, the, the video or whatever. And so I feel like I'm a walking testament to, to that phrase. That's so, great. What supporting skills do you think are the most important when it comes to team building? <laughs> Patience. <laughs> <laughs> no. um, in all seriousness, I, I think self-awareness yeah. and transparency are very important. Um, having a strong service mindset mm-hmm. is going to be an important supporting skill as well. And of course, communication skills. Yeah. Um, you know, as a leader, you don't have to be perfect or know everything. But I think that you do have to be willing to be a little bit vulnerable and open to up, open up to other people first. So they'll open up to you. Right. And, you know, they look to you to model what it is you're expecting them to do. So it's very important to be transparent and have strong communication skills and right. you know, be open. Well, I'll tell you, I've, I've been through your team building um, exercises. Uh, unfortunately, when I went through it, it was, we were in the, you know, face of 2020 uh, everything was on zoom and I got a lot out of it, but I did come in this year and your 2021. Um, <laughs> um, I, I did walk in and I did experience your 2021 training with um, the six mile post and the students then podcast folks. And I've seen your work and it works. And, and I, I really enjoyed going through that. And anybody out there who's interested in, um, I mean, even if you're not a communications or journalism or English major, uh, I mean, I'm graduating with in health science. I I work in the lab, you know, testing water (laughs) at the Cardinals location, but I've gotten so much out of just volunteering here and being part of the leadership building, um, building sessions. So, um, But in your position where you're mentoring the leaders and like the editors and and the podcast folks and everybody that's coming in, what's your methodology in building an effective team? Great question. I I don't know that I would have thought of it as a methodology. Uh, That form just feels so, that term sounds so, I don't know, formal to me. (laughs) But uh, I do have regular meetings with my team leaders and I try to have one-on-one meetings to really talk candidly with them about how you're feeling. So, you know, when you think about team building it's, it's a layer of everything that you do, it's not just one thing, one time. I mean, yes, we do have things at the start of the year where we kick off a new group with uh, some personality assessment. I'm, I'm certified in the disc model of human behavior. And I firmly believe that that's a great um, program and um, training to do with a staff to help them understand themselves better mm-hmm. because you can't really talk about the team collectively until each person better understands themselves mm-hmm. and who they are and what makes them tick and where their strengths and weaknesses are. Right. And I think if you can pause first and then spend some time uh, with some type of a personality assessment tool that is easy to understand and is fun mm-hmm. to implement and let everybody be reflective about themselves first, then you can step back a little bit more with them and say, okay, well, this is what you may be like, but this is what our team looks like. So how can we map ourselves out you know, on a chart, so to speak, because some people are visual learners, and say, all right, well, we're really strong in these characteristics or skills areas, but maybe we're not so strong over here. Mm-hmm. So how can we collaborate to take our strengths and pull them together and also balance out our weaknesses? Because ultimately, you want to make sure that everybody is playing to their strengths on the team and that everybody is headed in the same direction and has the same vision. But we go about doing it very differently. And I think that so many times, especially for college students that I work with, they come into a staff environment or a team environment and they're they're insecure. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but simply they've never done it before. So there's some insecurities there and some apprehension, but then about the job itself. But then it's also that sometimes they feel like there's something wrong with them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I'm a very quiet, shy person and I shouldn't be that way. And this is a bad thing. Oh. Mm-hmm. And so I think doing something like this to kind of kick off the year is helpful because it makes people realize, oh, it's not bad. It's not good. It's not bad. It's just who I am. Right. And there are other people on the team like me, but then there are some other people who are not. And then when I get together with them, we can better understand how to communicate with each other in a way that the other person feels more comfortable with Right. and you know, kind of meet each other in the middle. And so in terms of the methodology, I do try to incorporate that. Mm-hmm. And then I think as the year progresses, it's really important to have these Separate meetings with the team leaders. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's my editors, and um, or somebody who's involved in a very specific role, like uh, maybe a social media editor versus a you know news editor, to give them one-on-one time with me that I can just look at them and say, "How's it going? How are you doing? How are you feeling? You know, where do you see that things are going well? Where is there a disconnect among the team? Where are you struggling?" And I think that giving them those opportunities um, can be helpful. And ultimately in those meetings, I always try to ask, what can I do for you? Mm -hmm. What can I do to help make your job easier? Which is where that service and servant mindset comes in as a team leader. Mm -hmm. And I think asking that is a very important thing to do because it gives them the opportunity to stop and reflect and help problem solve. Mm -hmm without the pressure of the group aspect. But then when we meet again as a group, we talk about those things right. that have come out of those individual meetings. <clears throat> that makes sense. So um, it's, it's a safe place. It's a, it's a place for them to talk and, and speak candidly and reflect. And I think that really helps when they know that they're going to have individual time and then also the collective group time and that I'm trying to help them solve their problems as they go. So, do you, is this is this done the same way every time? I know. Okay, let me let me back up. I know that you build a new team maybe every year, maybe every two years, depending on how you know how many how many semesters people have left coming into the school. Right. Um, so, do you, do you approach it the same way every time, or do you have to tailor it? Is it like kind of? Yeah, uh, I've gotten to the point where. I think I have the same general approach at the start of a year and you're right. You know, that is the challenge of being at a two year junior level college for our program right now. Um, I don't retain staff for a long time. So I do find myself constantly building yeah. and it seems like, as soon as we get to this cohesive level and everybody really knows what they're doing and gets to know each other, then they move on. Right. And it's bittersweet because it's a beautiful thing, you know, that we've come that far, but then we start all over again. Fly, little birdie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, I knew that signing on and, and that's just the job, the nature of the job. Um, what makes it especially challenging is in the middle of the school year, if we, you know, if I'm lucky, I hold on to people for a year. Right. Sometimes I only get them for a semester. And so, you know, come January or February, I may have some students who are on my team now who don't return for one reason or another, and then we onboard one or two new people, mm-hmm. and that can be um, challenging because they have to catch up with you know not only the what they have to learn to do their job, but of course to become a new member of the team. Right. Um, so we do. I do tend to have a an onboarding session. I guess it's kind of a middle of the year reboot, some more team building activities. We try to make it fun and lighthearted. So that way it's almost a mini version of what we did at the start of the year. Right. And it is good. It's a good bonding time for everybody and it helps the new person feel a little bit more um, included Mm -hmm. more quickly. So it it does tend to be a similar pattern that I fall into because I found it works. Mm -hmm. Um, But there are times when the individual and collective uh, makeup of a team warrant additional efforts. Mm-hmm. There's some some people just naturally gel a little bit better than others and communicate very strongly. And we have staffs that it doesn't seem like I have to be as intentional about the team building activities and efforts. Right. But then there are others where sometimes the morale, you know, might get low or yeah, certain personalities. Are, yeah, okay. exactly. Certain personalities are maybe not gelling as well. And I do have to kind of step back and say, okay, what could we do? What are we doing? Yeah. 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 Okay. So here, here's one, this this comes straight to my heart because like I, like I said earlier, when we first started, I, I did get to go through your team building stuff, um, your team building session. Um, but I was, on zoom. And so I, when I poked my head in the other day and you were doing your team building session, y'all, she was playing balloons. They were all (laughs) playing with balloons. It looked like so much fun. And I was like, man, I got the short of the stick. (laughs) Um, so in in terms of pandemic, how do you, uh, how do you help teams break through relationship and technology barriers when team building? Well, I will be totally honest here. Last year was hard. Um, the, The remote way that we were functioning (laughs) was a challenge that I'd never faced before. Nobody had ever faced before. Mm -hmm. And I think that we were all very thankful to still be able to perform in our jobs Mm -hmm. and that we did have a way to go about it. And so everybody was very patient with each other because we knew this wasn't typical. We were all just trying to kind of limp along Um, But it was, it was more challenging because you can't play with balloons. You can't get everybody in a room and do something interactive. Um, We needed something like that halfway through the year. Last year around Thanksgiving time, right before Thanksgiving break, the staff was running on empty and we didn't have that same level of human connection. We weren't all gathering for layout nights and those things. And so we did, have a get together on the cartersville campus and we call. i actually called in a colleague of mine tom erp who is um a fabulous person who has a lot of team building experience and has worked on ropes courses and you know really has devoted a, a large part of his career he's a colleague in the communication department who teaches here as an adjunct and so i said tom i need somebody to come in and help do some team building activities with me but i'd like to be a part of it with my staff because that was the thing that I felt like was a disconnect for me Right, was that I really hadn't been in the same room with them all at the same time. Mm -hmm. And so I needed it to be, to be among them as much as to lead them. Mm -hmm. And so he came in and, and kind of helped. And, you know, we went out into the grassy area and we did a blind trust walk around things like hula hoops that he had laid out in the grass where we had to guide each other Just vocally, while one person was, you know, blindfolded. It's very survival. Well, yeah, very much was, (laughs) you know, and it was, it was fun, and it was uh, a way for us to reconnect. It was also a way for us to observe how people communicate and to kind of take some learning moments away from that and say, okay, now how does this translate to what we're experiencing as we are trying to work remotely? And then, you know, again, where are the pain points? How can we try to? So it just really kind of some discussions going and I think it gave us that motivation to dig in and get through the rest of the year. So we did things like that. We uh, really tried to, you know, we did an online game night one time where one of our editors posted that and that was fun. I'd never done anything like that before. Yeah. Um, so we tried to use technology to our advantage to stay connected. Mm-hmm. We had a Slack channel that was our communication device and it wasn't always serious in business sometimes people would post pictures of their dogs and their kids and things like that anything that they were taking pictures of at their house yeah Yeah. exactly so you know we tried as as well as we could to replace the to enhance how connected we felt even though we weren't able to do it in person very much but it was hard yeah and um, I could definitely see that it was hard being a student yeah you know it was hard being online and, and being disconnected and I mean, I, I took a lot of I took a lot of my science classes. Remember, I am a health science major. I took most of my science class, science classes online because of COVID. Right. Um, and and that was tough, you know, because that's a lot of classes. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so if a team is struggling to stay motivated, what steps would you take as a leader to boost their engagement? Well, the first piece of advice I would give is don't ignore it and hope it's going to go away. Right. That's <laughs> because it it's Probably it's not, gonna, not it's going not gonna to go fix right. itself. No. If yeah. people are not getting the engagement and the motivation that they need where they are, they are ultimately going to go somewhere else to get to fill their cup up, so to speak, um, the first opportunity that they can. So don't ignore it. Um, personally, I come right out and acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling like the morale is low and mm-hmm. feel like the energy is low. Let's talk about this. Let's give this a voice. Let's you know discuss how we're feeling. Because I think everybody has this tendency to think, well, it's just me right. or it's something I'm struggling or I'm going through and therefore I have to find a way to fix it. Right. But it's but this is a team effort. Exactly. Right. It's a team effort and what you're struggling with, somebody else might be, or your struggle is impacting somebody else. Right. right. So therefore let's, you know, all try to come together and evaluate what might be happening. Um, so talking about it, absolutely, bringing it to the forefront and giving it a voice. I've Oftentimes, as a result of those things, we've adjusted workloads, Mm -hmm. we've changed deadlines, we have um, come up with different workflows, you know, to try to meet their needs better. Mm -hmm. So I always say, you know, there's not just one way of doing something. And if something's not working, then share that it's not working for you. But I'd also love for you to offer suggestions for improvement. Right. So and that's what I, I think is an important part of team building and collaboration is simply uh, it's okay to talk about pain points, but also let's all be a part of the solution. Right. So team effort. Exactly. Yes. And that way it's not just somebody complaining, Yeah. you know, and us trying hopefully to get other listening. Exactly. Yeah. And, and recognizing that. So, and then of course, you know, changing up the physical environment sometimes. Sometimes it's the little things to boost morale, play music, bring in food, you know, make things fun for Shake people it to be there. Yeah. You know, yeah. whatever you can do. I think leaders oftentimes stay inside the box too much. Mm-hmm. And if you can step back and ask yourself, you know, what does the staff need right. for, for a lift? I mean, that's a great advice because uh, as the undergraduate, undergraduate research, so, as the undergraduate research lab manager, I do have people that I lead and You know we're at the beginning of the semester. Everybody's excited. Everybody's ready to go collect water. Everybody's ready to get in and get there. Uh, Come November, December, everybody's kind of lagging behind. Everybody needs a pick me up. So that's great advice for me, and I will definitely think about that when that time comes because it will come. I mean, we're in the lab. We're running water. You know, we we try to play music and we try to you know interact with D two. We have a D two L shell, so we try to interact with that. But that's the you know great advice. Thank you so much. Well, and if I might add one thing to that, absolutely. Um, I know for our staff, it helps when they also are reminded that what they're doing is also being judged for competition. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, there are times when our staff morale will be a little bit low. And then all of a sudden we get the results from a regional competition and our staff members are getting accolades and awards and things that they can, um, own and bring home so to speak or put on the wall and all of those things really really do boost a staff's Mm -hmm. morale so if you're in a situation where you can do those things for your staff even sometimes superlatives you know and they might sound funny but like have a night where you know somebody gets a pat on the back for something or it could be humorous or it could be serious Mm -hmm. but I think I know with the student crowds those things seem to really um, lift their spirits a lot. Great information, because I'm going to need it come November, I'm pretty sure. Yes. (laughs) One thing that I did that I do find that kind of helps keep people motivated, for me in the lab at least, is um, announcing that there's going to be something at the end of the semester. There's going to be something. We're going to do something. It might be, um, you know, cookies and hot chocolate in the, you know, in in the hallway of the lab, or it might be a field trip, you know, to the history museum is, you know, something out of the element, something that's not water related. It's not, you know, it's something different where we feel like we could do like team building type situations, escape rooms, Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So I always try to say, Hey, at the end of the the semester, it's going to be really cool. Whatever it is going to be really cool. Everybody needs a positive reward sometimes, you know, whether it's directly connected to the work that you're doing or indirectly or, or not at all, just, you know, as a part of the team building activity. So, and I think today's culture needs that even more because so many people who are in the working world right now, were raised on that type of environment. I have a nine-year-old who at the end of every month, if they've read a certain amount of words or, you know, stayed on green the whole time, they get a reward day. Right. And so it's, it's a part of our culture. Right. I think those things are important. I agree. Well, I think that's going to be about it. I did want to bring up that, you know, without this, uh, Without this woman sitting next to me, um, we would not have this podcast series, episode, uh, any of it. We wouldn't have the students then. We wouldn't have any. You gave birth to so this is your project. This is your baby. <laughs> and and I tell you what, I I really appreciate everything that that you've done for me. Um, everything you've done for me. I send you tons of emails. I ask you one question an email, and then there might be four or five emails in a day. And you you know you never. Get frustrated with me you never I mean who knows what happens on the other end of the computer but I've never felt an eye roll I've never, you've always been very helpful to me and I appreciate you for that oh you are it's my pleasure Samantha you're a pleasure to work with and you know as much as yes this podcast has been something that I've I've helped build it was a student-led um e- enterprise I mean yeah. you know it was it was born out of a conference that we went to and that I brought some of our students to when I first signed on in the fall of twenty nineteen and they sat through a podcasting session and said, you know what, we really would love to do this. Can we do it? I said, sure, let's see what we can do with a couple hundred dollars and, you know, some effort. Mm -hmm. And and so that's what it all goes back to and and why I love to be a part of the Six Mile Post and the student spin news organizations. And I'm proud to be their leader Mm -hmm. because it's all student produced and student led. I'm the coach. Mm-hmm. And so that's my job is just to boost, to motivate, to keep everybody on track, to keep everybody focused, and to hopefully give you the educational aspect that you need to be able to do what you want to do. Yeah. Um, so I'm appreciative to hear that it's been a great experience for you. It and has please, been. I mean, I, I've never done a podcast before. I, I never, okay, you guys, I reached out to Professor Hadaway. And I said, hey, listen, I want to do this honors project. I was thinking maybe I could do a series on leadership. I don't really know how that looks. Matter of fact, I've never listened to a podcast, but I will do that. If you will give me a meeting, I will do that before we meet. And I did. I did. And uh, I started understanding. I just started listening to Audible books. I'm a paper girl. I like to flip a book. I'm a small book, you know. Yeah. Um, so I, I, it's just been absolutely phenomenal. And I, I've built relationships in this room. You know, uh, one of our hosts, Kim, instant friends, instant chemistry. And we're going we're gonna to do something together in here. And we're going to feed off each other. It's going to be really good. Professor Hathaway, um, I just want to say thank you again. You guys, Professor Hadaway, she's Assistant Professor of Communication and Journalism. She's a faculty advisor of the award-winning Six Mile Post, the student's, student-produced news organization, Um, if you guys are interested you have no idea what you're doing you're interested in writing the first thing you should do is think about maybe taking uh taking a communications class you can find it on the floor. absolutely check it out and see if it's something you're interested in and uh hopefully we're we're striving to make a, a better leadership community that's right just don't forget people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care that is right thank you so much